Powers of the Fury is brought to you by Red Nation Online. Find us on Twitter at Red Nation Online and at OIT Fury. Of ours to Fury. Hey. That's Ryan. Hi. That's Kendra. Hi. And that's Tim. <laughs> and I'm John. We're all here. <laughs> and we forgot how to do this because it's been a while. Well, and we're all here. We're all here. Like for the, for the first, first time, time in, in forever. this season or something almost. Yeah. 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 I don't know. <laughs> it feels like it's been a long time ago. And uh, we won. Yay! For the second time this season. Yes. Well, second time in league play. Yes. Yeah, we won once in cup play. Yeah, once in league. And we lost once in cup play. But it was an aggregate win, so that loss doesn't count. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, I already forgot it happened, so yeah. So we should talk about the uh, Jacksonville game first, uh, and then we'll take a break and talk about the V-Cup um, events. So um, no Richie Ryan for Jacksonville Armada because... He uh, was sold for millions of dollars. <laughs> gets more every time. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was no return of him, obviously. Um, so it's it's kind of refreshing to play against a team with no ex Fury players. On it, I have to say, <laughs> that is true. Hey, so did they replace? Well, not. I mean, not did they replace Richie Ryan? But did uh, has Jacksonville named another captain, or are they just captainless for a while? Uh, I believe they had a captain. Yeah, someone had the armband. Mm-hmm. Their best player is Keita, I think. But he was pretty quiet this game. Um, let's go through the lineup for Ottawa Fury. Heiser back in goal. No more uh, being scared about <laughs> DeBellis <laughs> during the cup play. Um, Tim Bon Alvis are the center backs. Um, interesting uh, was the, the right back choice, Lance Roseboom. And then Obazi on the left. Steele, De Jong, and Bailey midfielders and we had Junior on the left wing, Verret on the right and for the first time ever I think Dennis Chin up front. Yeah he had lots yeah. of chances too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did. So we we keep putting these players out there but they're not they're not performing like certain players you know like Paulo Junior would be one that's like there's very few results. He seems to like to play with the ball a lot. And I was wondering if he's like trying to trying to get all the glory for himself and kind of, you know. Yeah, well Timbo plays with the ball a lot though and I think Timbo is playing a lot better than he has at the yeah. beginning of the season. I like him now. And he's dangerous up front and he's not as much out of position in the back. Uh, I do agree, though, with Paulo Jr. He often slows the the game down when he doesn't need to. He dribbles around a lot. Like it's very like doesn't want to give up the ball. He's like in love with the ball sometimes. Like I wish he would just pass it on a little bit quicker. But who who was it that made uh, made the Jacksonville player look like a fool twice? Was it Obasi this game or? Yeah, Obasi likes to come up and dribble around. 
like, he did that a few times. It yeah, but he gets by. results, and he and he <laughs> yeah. and his yeah. passes are good. So like, it's okay to be that player if, yeah, if you can make the pass or finish the play. But anyway, I thought the midfield was la- uh, lacking a little bit in this game. It's been lacking all season. <laughs> no, let's be honest. Has, has, James, no, has James Bailey been kind of disappointing this season? Yes. Yeah. I, I would think so. I, I think so a lot. Um, I I mean, the midfield is something that I always watch, obviously. Um, and I just think that, like, Marcel de Jong was in the middle um, this game, and obviously he scored a goal and he was really strong. But I didn't really notice Johnny Steele too much. Um, I noticed him more than James Bailey, but... Like, Steele had the just... ball quite a lot, I yeah, thought. Yeah. He just um, he didn't have the runs to do anything with the ball. Like, Gave it, he gives it up easy. He gives it up, but he also, like, sometimes the wingers are just not doing anything. Like, the game is very static at times. Yeah, the movement's not good for him. Exactly. Um, and oftentimes he does wrong decision-making, Johnny Steele. Like, uh, with a name like that, you'd think everything would be smooth all the time, <laughs> but unfortunately... <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's times where he could, you know, take the ball farther up and, you know, like, be more aggressive, and he just doesn't, and I don't know. He, I mean, he's been better than, than other players, but I don't know. He hasn't been impressing me too much. It's yet. really funny. We won 1-0. Like, this is a great result for us, but <laughs> you were doom and gloom because, like, for those of you that didn't watch it or whatever... Like, the, the game itself was pretty dreadful. It was not fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. I mean, Jacksonville has no finishing whatsoever. Had they had finishing, it would have been a different game. They got like six field goals. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Every time they shot, like, sometimes it would go in out of bounds, like, uh, not behind the goal line. <laughs> One time I hit the corner flag. That was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we just went like, ole! <laughs> every time they shot. Because, man, like, where did they learn how to shoot? I don't know. Well, I was looking at the lineup, uh, last week in preparation for last week and uh all their players are former usl players college players they don't really have anyone with lots of experience and if they do they sell them for seven hundred fifty thousand <laughs> <laughs> to someone in, in the same week in the yeah. same state yeah well maybe they're they're watching the bottom line and they're actually running it as a business and not at a loss so yeah good for them but bad because they've never won on the road they're 0 and 19 now that's crazy in franchise history, not like this season, whatever. It's like in franchise history, they've never won on the road. And we've never lost against Jacksonville in our franchise history as well. Because we've always played them when they're on the road? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we've never lost. We actually drew them, right? Last time. We drew them once, but three wins, I believe. Wow. So um, we still have a bunch of injuries, eh? Like Venter, Bruna, De Guzman, Balchan. Yeah, like two games ago, uh, coach Doug Leash said that, oh yeah, we'll have we'll have De, uh, De Guzman for sure. He's ready to go. And then, like three weeks later, he's still out. Mm. I've also heard rumors that he's doing full practices, so I don't I really understand why he's not playing. I'm sure it's just a precaution. Um, but speaking about the midfield, like Marcel De Jong playing where he played, I, I did not expect that at all. Like he was sort of in the the Guzman position more or less. Well, you got to put your probably your strongest player there. Yeah, but he's a left back slash left winger. He's so. he's an anything and everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he'll play wherever. Uh, yeah, he'll he's played everywhere already this season, right? He's played multiple spots. So. 
Yeah. He's amazing. Maybe uh, maybe he can be our fourth string keeper. <laughs> Logsmith, can you describe the goal for us that uh, he scored in the 90th minute of the match? Uh, yeah. De Jong just took this crazy shot from an impossible angle. It's hard to say that, like, it went off the keeper, but it's hard to say if it actually would have went in. Had the keeper not touched it? It's because the angle on the TV was... The keeper was speculating that it would be, like, a ball mm. into the middle, but he just freaking shot it. Like, with this part of his mm. foot. Yeah, that part. <laughs> the top part. For those of you who can't see John's foot right now. <laughs> and it was, like, the most hesitant section W has been on a goal. Everyone was just kind of... Did that go I in? didn't think it was in. No. I thought it hit the side. Yeah, yeah. So that, I thought it was side netting for sure. <laughs> well, that angle, who would think that would go in? It was but... fitting for this game, though, because like we weren't so sure if you should be excited or not. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I did like about Jacksonville is that uh, they held the ball a lot. And I think, did they have the majority of the possession? Uh, I believe so. But they had it not after the first half. And I don't know, just after the last three Fury games, it was just nice to see somebody hold the ball and to see some passing and like some shape. Uh, they they kind of played a little bit like we have in the past. So it was just kind of nice to see that kind of football and see some kind of organization. But of course, they have no talent. I'm, I'm sorry, but it was one of the weakest sides I've ever seen come into Ottawa since we've been in the NESL. And that's why it's so important we won. Um, I thought that our coach made fairly good substitutions. He put on Kyle Porter for Paula Jr., who had, a, like we discussed at, this, at the beginning, with a fairly poor game, sort of unnoticeable. Um, Porter gave us a bit more stability and... Um, like he's better defensively. Then Howarth came on for Vered. Like, what's up with Vered never being able to play ninety minutes? Is he just such a hard worker that he runs out of steam, or it's in his contract? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was just kind of like a. They seemed really tired and slow, and I mean it was hot, but it just kind of seemed like okay, let's get some energy on there, and um, you know, like switch out, switch out some attacking options just for some more energy i think that was basically that's what i felt like the tactic was but so yeah, it makes sense it was really hot for sure what is with that oh it's so hot wasn't it like 24 degrees or like yeah it was nothing i was <laughs> no. hot i was hot but early, i guess it's early in the season where that's actually hot yeah. Jacksonville players were probably like freezing <laughs> like wearing long sleeves. there was a player on Jacksonville had that had Two long sleeves had long on sleeves, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and everyone's like oh it's so hot it's good on the players to like make it through this hot game and I was like what <laughs> just wait till August you guys are gonna <laughs> die uh, the, uh, the last substitution was Oliveira for Chin before we discussed Oliveira maybe a little bit more about Dennis Chin um, I he's thought... my favorite <laughs> okay he's my favorite, your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> he gets himself into really good scoring positions mm-hmm. but boy does he need to work on his finishing like if you're the number one striker uh, number nine striker role and oh, please yeah. we've said the same about Tommy last year though right that's true Tommy who scored uh, this <laughs> weekend yeah but he had a good you know and he had a career year last year right? maybe Chin's time will come. He keeps getting the service. Well, I mean, he hasn't started yet. Like, he's always come in, like, the last 10 minutes of the game. So maybe he's just kind of <laughs> warming up, quote-unquote. Uh, but I don't know. I think if he plays more consistently, it'll be um, 
same kind of thing. Like I agree with what you just said about Tommy Heineman. Um, maybe he'll just kind of get into his groove later on in the season. I mean, hopefully sooner rather than later, but yeah, I really like what I see from Dennis Chin. He's like super fast, super energetic, um, takes chances. He's many favorites. So I'll play devil's advocate. I also like Chin, but there's a few things that I noticed. Uh, like the shots he did get on goal were very central and not very soft to the keeper. And then <clears throat> the shot that he got off where he dribbled really well and stuff, he just like skied it over even though he, he was really close to goal. And then the other thing that I've noticed, and that might just be our tactics, but when Pizer does his long goal kicks and he's trying to find someone up there to, to hold the ball up, he doesn't do that for us. He's not the kind of player who like brings down the ball, holds the ball up and distributes it. He's more like, he plays more like a winger. Yeah, mm. yeah I think you're spot on there. Uh, one thing we didn't talk about was uh, Kyle Howard's pass. And how beautiful and perfect it was on on the goal, and and like how we're kind of missing that like final pass, be it from a midfielder or a winger, right now, and I think then John's talk about Chin is like we're missing that player, that that Paizo can boot the ball up to, bring the ball down, and then make that final pass for those quick uh, counters. Yeah. One such player, Oliveira is not that kind of player, but he is an exciting uh, player to have in the squad. And I just wonder why he always comes so late, like why he doesn't start, why we don't see more of him. He, he certainly seems to know how to play football better than, than most on the squad. Yeah, I'd love to see the squad rotated more. Oliveira is a good example. Uh, Estacchio we haven't seen at all. Yeah. And uh, Estacchio, uh, he was asked about it post-game, and he said, oh, there's players in front of him that have higher-level experience. But it's like, is a talented player, and he's proven himself. And he has NASL experience. All, so, all the way to the final, you know. You know. So, so there's, there's that, and, you know, it's, it's the time of the season we should start maybe be rotating players because we've got all these games all bunched up together. Fort Lauderdale coming up, two Wednesdays against uh, Vancouver. So. so Johnny Steele is quite obviously the, the coach's sort of, what do you say, coach's pet in English? Uh, Go-to guy, maybe, would be the, <laughs> the more polite way to say it. Yeah, so like, I would like to see him you know, get benched and maybe Mauro in there just to see what would happen. Yeah, you need a, you need a distributor, right, in the, in the midfield. I thought Bailey, like from the preseason games, um, what I saw Bailey, I thought he would be our main distributor, and he took all the free kicks, and he was very good on the ball. But like Tim was saying earlier, he's been kind of disappointing. He must still be just getting used to life and play in North America. That's my it's explanation for that. So radically different. Though, yeah, the skill of talents there just... It is kind of different. <laughs> <laughs> the language, the culture. <laughs> but if you're a professional <laughs> soccer player, you can't like take that much time to adjust to a new country, especially if you speak English. Especially right. when it's a colony of your you country. Know. <laughs> no longer, but... <laughs> On Queen Victoria's birthday, I thought you had more. Uh, anyway. Bloggy, what do you think about all this? Yeah, uh, good win. I probably needed a win, because considering the, the, the standings, they didn't want to fall back into the last three. So they're still, you know, within within distance of fourths. But they're going to have to play a lot better with the teams coming in, and especially the V-Cup against Vancouver. 
So before we take a break and talk about the V Cup competition, um, I just we just have some audio from after the game. We'll hear from uh, Coach Paul Douglas and also Marcel De Young. They seem to make hard work of it, Coach. I think it was hard work out there for both teams. I mean, that's the first real game where we played in in heat. You know, it's like you can play in hotter conditions. But when it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon, the hottest part of the day, and the sun's bouncing down on your head, I think both teams look zapped. You know, it's not a, it wasn't a heat thing, it's more the, the sunlight thing. I think even Jacksonville didn't look like they had any energy, you know, and, and neither did we, uh, really. But it's to be expected. Um, and that, you know, playing in the middle of the day in that heat on turf, it, it makes things very, very difficult. And I think you saw that with both teams finishing. I think the finishing for both teams was, was uh, not at the level that either coach would expect. But if, if you look at the chances, uh, I think they, we had the better chances for sure. If you look at both of Chins in the first half, for Reds in the second half, the, the, you know, those chances are almost worth half a goal. You know, and throughout the season, you expect people to score those. Um, whereas you look at their chances, they were wild. Really, they were hitting. You know, the the corner flag was in danger. So, <laughs> for me, it was. Uh, we had the better chances, but I would say that they probably had the better general play. But I thought, you know, we we looked at them with the amount of pace that they had up front, and they didn't really have any size until they brought Fondi on. And we, we decided to play a little bit deeper to protect the space in behind and then try and hit them on the break, and I thought we did it quite well. Is this a step in the right direction? I mean, not just the win, but, I mean, in the, in the, in the way that you played this match. I think I think you know we were probably better in the last two games before this against um, Edmonton. Well, against Edmonton, against Minnesota, against Miami, you know. But it's that's three home games in the league, uh, two wins and a tie. You know, if you if you keep that kind of form up, then that's playoff form. So uh, there's been many steps in the right direction. I wouldn't say that was any bigger or less important than any other game that we've had at TD Place this season. As a motivator uh, on the bench, how do you keep the guys kind of focused on the game when the conditions are, are warmer, kind of like this? Well, it's, it's tough, you know, because it's it's not something that you can, you, you know, we, we the players, first time that they've played in those heat, you know, we'll go to Florida this season and we'll play in hotter conditions, but it'll be at night, you know, it, it's like when you play in the daytime, there's nothing you can do to prepare them for that because you don't really want to do that in training and zap their energy and training that. So you've just got to trust that uh, your training plan is, is better than the opposition's and your players are in better shape. And I think if you look at um, the last three uh, league games, we've scored late goals. So it tells you the fitness levels of our players and the character that we've got in our locker room. The games against us aren't over till we say they're over. And I think the guys have showed that with the late goals and they always, they always find a way to win or, or to get something from the game, especially here. Um, as a player who was developing quite well last year, we haven't seen much of Mauro's yeah. skill, and so we were. Just, many people have been wondering, like, is there an injury that we don't know about, or no, 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 Why no injury. Decision not to play him because at, at this moment in time, I feel that you know we've got. If you look at the resumes of, of Bailey's played at a higher level than Mauro, Julian de Guzman's played at a higher level, um, Steele's played at a higher level, Marcel de Jong is playing in there. I mean, he's got really good players ahead of him. Mauro got his chance last year. He's a fantastic young player because of injuries. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't had too many injuries in his position this year for him to get a chance. Uh, he's a young player with huge potential, but at this moment, it's potential, and he's got to keep working hard to, to turn that into performances day in, day out. Between now and Friday, are you going to uh, 
prefer recovery to, to training, or are you going to you both? both. You know, we we'll, take we'll, we'll recover for the next forty eight hours, and then after forty eight hours, we'll be preparing to get the team ready for the game against Fort Lauderdale, where we we want to try and get more points at home. You seem to be playing basically a four three three. Were you happy with the midfield to the forward play? Well, I, I think you know we. We've won, you know, when we had, like, for me, it's football. I think if you look in, in the league, we, me and Martin did a little bit of a study where the teams that have had the most amount of possession have normally lost games at this level. So what's happening at the early part of this season is teams that are dominating possession are normally making more mistakes when they have the ball rather than hurting the opposition. Uh, and we've tried to make sure that, you know, we, we don't gift anybody any goals. Um, by by keeping it nice and compact at the back and and trying to catch teams on the break and and I think uh, until you get that kind of that you know mid season form and the end of season form where you really are in your groove I think it's it's very you've got to be you've got to be a little bit cautious we we try to go expansive at the beginning of the season and we got our backside smacked so uh, a few times so we've got to make sure that you know we build the confidence with wins and then we open up a little bit and start taking more risks. Thanks, Junish. Yeah. Uh, I think so too. It's, uh, looked like a like a lucky goal, but uh, I meant it. <laughs> <laughs> you've been scoring a lot lately. Is that a role that you've tried to take on in the team? Mm, no, not really. I mean, if you get in the position like you were, like I'm where I'm at now, like uh, higher on the field, so you get in, sometimes you get in the position to score more goals than than I'm used to. So uh, yeah, but just uh, happened to be on the on the. The right spot at the right time, I guess. Coach was talking about the sun, how difficult it was this afternoon. Yeah. Um, were you relieved that you finally scored and gave you? Yeah, no, it was it was really hot, but when I scored, I could uh, I could run for hours. <laughs> I just had so much energy, but uh, no, it was just, it was really hot. I was hoping for like a, maybe a kind of a break in between the games and the halves, but uh, I think I so but it's just survival, hard work. Uh, they have the same problems, but different Florida, so maybe a little bit easier for them. <laughs> you consider yourself to be an attacking midfielder primarily, or, or how would you describe that? Um, I've been all over the field lately. I've been I played right wing, right back, left back, midfield, left forward. So I don't know. Uh, just happy to, to help out the team, and uh, whoever the coach needs me, I'll be there. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's the most important thing, just to be there for the coach and the team. How much different is it at this point in the season with two wins and uh, the draw and, th- and three home games after that rough start to the, to the on the road? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's, it's a good that we uh, that we are like at home strong, so we know it for the rest of the season. I mean, uh, after those uh, first three four games uh, of the season, you know it's going to be uh, it's going to be tough this uh, and the, the fall season, but uh, or spring season. Sorry. So, but uh, yeah. So now it's just uh, concentrating on, uh, on, uh, on 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 getting the team uh, at the right uh, positions, at the right uh, right mentality for the for the next season. And uh, I think we're 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 showing everybody that uh, we're a tough team to beat, and at home especially. And uh, yeah, and even on the road against Edmonton, you see that we uh, that we can play well. So yeah, I think we're getting there where we're supposed to be. Please subscribe to us on iTunes and don't forget to rate us. 
Welcome back, everyone. So let's talk a little bit about the Voyager's Cup. We're in the next round. Oh. Finally. For the first time ever. Ever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Edmonton won it the last two previous years. So it feels good to finally play an MLS team. We'll find out. Yeah, June 1st. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it feels good right now. It's feels exciting, good, yeah. but maybe after the game we'll feel a bit differently. About yeah, it. Wednesday, June 1st here at TD Place. So. Yeah. Against the Vancouver Whitecaps. But how did it all come about? What happened in Edmonton, guys? 3-0 win? What a weird result to win 3-0 in Edmonton and then lose 2-0 at home. Yeah, it was a crazy game. Uh, just kind of got lucky, got the bounces. They played well. It was probably the best game they played this year so far. The uh, one in Edmonton. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Not the way, no one here. No. But uh, Timbo had a nice goal. Um, ben Oakle had this horrible giveaway where Hayworth eventually scored and Fred had a really nice goal off a, a De Jong corner. Seems like De Jong is involved in a lot of goals lately. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, been a major part of all our successes. So it'd be really nice if he uh, was still around a few months from now. Yeah, For sure. And we, had a, and we even had a goal called back. Oliver had a goal. Might have, would have been his first as a Fury player, but he got called back for offside. Yeah, that was. I don't think that was offside. It's hard to say because the angles. They only had one master shot of showing the game, and they didn't have any extra cameras, replays, or anything. I have an idea. GoPros on the linesman. There you go. Mm. Mm. Um, speaking of great ideas, Timbo scoring goals. When did <laughs> that, that happen? That is a great idea. Oh, it's, good. <laughs> it's good. He has he has a he has the size when he gets up. Uh, like Elvis last year, and Elvis is starting. To, he was doing it this year as well. It's like you get him up on the set pieces and stuff. It's great. Uh, yep. Use those big guys. We need those big guys. He's got two goals for us already now. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. I like it. Must be good for his confidence uh, for sure. Um, and um, what else is there to say about that game? Uh, the attendance was okay. Eh? Three thousand. Good for Edmonton. Wednesday yeah. for Edmonton. Very good. Yeah, calm bullshit on that. Yeah, are you, are you? I'm always skeptical of uh, round number attendance figures, like, like three thousand. Exactly three thousand. <laughs> because I watched that game and I watched a bit of their the game uh, last week when they played against the Cosmos, and the Cosmos game looked a lot more people, but there was less people in uh-huh. marked attendance. So I don't. It's very possible. What about the game the following week? Yeah, it wasn't so good. I think we look really disorganized. I know I say that a lot, but like more so than normal. I think we're a little overconfident. Yeah, the team was already putting out, uh, you know, advertisements for a game against the Whitecaps, <laughs> like before the game, before the this game, the second game was played, and it was like, get your tickets, blah blah blah. And, and even like, the supporters yeah. were a bit flat, right? Like yeah. we we sort of felt like, ah, oh, we already got this. Mm-hmm. And, Everyone sort of felt that way, and it almost came back to bite us in the ass. It was kind of going to the game, having already won, figure you're going to win, you're going to win. And the only possible results that'll change is you're going to lose. You're going to watch it. And, it's horribly. And if anyone's listening in Edmonton, if you really want to get mad, uh, there was tickets printed for the Whitecaps match before uh... <laughs> before the game started. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But not really. Um, <laughs> even after the game, it kind of, like, it was a poorly played game by by Ottawa, but I kind of 
still kind of felt like it was a win. <laughs> it was so. scary at the end. Like, at the oh. end of the game. I, that was tense. I mean, it was 2-0 at halftime, right? Yeah. Right. 45 minutes to just score one more goal yeah. and force the extra time. And, and, yeah. we, and we made offensive subs. And I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Defensive subs. <laughs> and uh, the Fury actually had a few chances in the first half where they were just playing around, toying with their opponents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, what are they doing? Like, they're playing as if it's like a kick in the, in the park, you know? Yeah. And um, our keeper um, didn't look too good. Debellis, uh, he probably could have, especially the second goal, uh, kind of got away from him. He took a bounce, and it wasn't a funny turf bounce, I don't think. It looked like it was a normal bounce, but he just reacted a little too slow. In this defense, it is one of those situations that is tricky for a goalkeeper. Like, he needs to decide very late what to do. He's standing on the line. If someone gets ahead on it, yeah. It's good that he does, doesn't jump early, but if no one gets ahead on it, which happened in this case, yeah. then you look like an idiot, and that's what happened. Yeah, and he was he was punching the ball a lot. Uh, yeah. Not good communication with the defenders. He looked very nervous. He looked like, nervous, yeah. Well, he doesn't have game experience. I mean, he played once last year. So we asked our listeners this uh, time around, who was your MVP for the B-Cup round versus Edmonton? Um... Before we let our uh, listeners chime in, who do you guys think was our MVP? Uh, I think Johnny Steele was those three games. Interesting choice. Um, yeah, it was just uh, all around the field. I think the last 15 minutes of the uh, the second leg, he was just all over the ball, winning the ball over again. So I give it to Steele. What about you, Ryan? I don't pick the obvious. Uh, Marcel Dion. And Kendra? <laughs> that was also my pick, Marcel Dion. <laughs> I think he kind of uh, kept things together for us more than a couple of times. And, uh, yeah, proved that it's, you know, an important competition for, for him and for the Furies. So I think he was, for me, he was the the MVP for, for those games. Me three. And uh, Phil, who's at Give Me My Jetpack, says, How big has Rhodes been, been for us so far? A huge surprise and MVP for me. True. He's, uh, he's played pretty well. Um, in those games, and he, he played okay in the last game. Um, Matthew Hawkins, who's at M Hawkins too, says best Fury player is Howard. Play with a flame in his heart. And Martin Burt seems to agree with uh, Blogsmith. He says I think Steele has provided needed steel in the mid and been MVP. Honorable mention for Timber for his goal in first leg and a key block in game two. And that's actually a very good point. That block against Eddie Edwards, um, that could have been the 3-0. That could have changed things. That could have forced things into extra time. We would have had to be there late on the Wednesday night. That would have sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Timbo is digging himself out of the hole that I had put him in. <laughs> we at all first, did. Pre- yeah, I was not impressed with him at first, but like lately he's been uh, he's been pretty solid. Every game he's played at center back, he's done pretty well yeah that one game at left back against Cosmos he got torched you want him to play center back I never wish I want to see him (laughs) out there again on the on the far side so we we won we won not not the prettiest (laughs) fashion in the second leg but we won and that's all that matters and we're playing against the Vancouver Whitecaps next uh we'll preview that next week but we have a game before that this Friday against against the the Fort Lauderdale Strikers (laughs) <laughs> beat him to it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know I know <laughs>
Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. So Martin Bird also wants to know where are goals going to come from? Um, who's going to score against the against the strikers? So far we've had a goal. Goals coming from Chin, Vered, Timbo, De Jong, but no one really. No one really is a goal scorer in our team, right? That we can rely on. Uh, I think people were saying this at the start of the season. Some of the listeners were saying, like, where's the goals coming from? And Marcel Dion so far, right? <laughs> and then the odd the odd one from outside. I was, I was kind of hoping Haworth would, uh, would would have a couple by now. So, I don't know. I don't know where they're going to stay. Yeah, uh, same question terrifying. we had last year at this exact time. It's like, where were we going to score goals? It wasn't until the fall season. Tommy kind of broke out of his shell, and a lot of other people broke out of their shell to score goals. So hopefully, one or two guys can kind of pick it up. I feel like that same situation is going to happen this year, and hopefully, it's for Haworth and Chin. I think that would, would be ideal. But if you think for Rad would get a few too, like especially his first impressions were so good, mm. but the last game wasn't that wasn't that exciting uh, watching him. Well, Darren in Ottawa also wanted to know if there's anything we see in the academy that would make us think that we might get a Fury player out of it one day. Maybe a striker? <laughs> but uh, we no, haven't seen them play yet, right? We haven't seen them play this year. Um, last year, yeah, there's definitely... What kind of question is that, Darren? Like, <laughs> is, is there, Are they ever going to produce a player out of the academy? Like, Yeah, of course. Like, The academy's going to produce players and... Uh, there are players, I think, in the academy that could be on the first team. Like, well, the players from last year, there's like three of them. Um, so, yeah, we're definitely going to see players come out of the academy. I think the the kind of coaching and training they're getting in the academy is like well above uh, what you see in other academies in the province, except for well, maybe. Second. Yeah, like I watched uh, the first the first Fury uh, preseason game against the academy. And they had a bunch of academy players mixed into the team. And there is a few guys who did not look out of place on that team. Who were like, wow, that guy's actually really good. And it's like, oh, that's an academy guy. So, I mean, they're still young. Some of them are still going to school. That's so. a good point. And, and last year we had Schroeder play in the, in the Glasgow Rangers. No, that was two years ago. But we had a, we had a young one play. And, you know, he, he looked like he could carry his own weight. Um, but... The first result for the Fury Academy, what may have informed Darren Ottawa's opinion, wasn't so good, right? I think they lost 5-0. So. Against the best team in the PLSQ, <laughs> yeah. by a mile. Yeah, so you got to keep things into So after, after, like, so the Fury Academy lost 5-0 to uh, CS Mount Royal Utrecht. And Utrecht, they're such a good team that they actually, uh, Team Quebec that's going to the championships actually played Utrecht. To prepare them for the championships, so that so it's like they took all the best players in Quebec and then played them against this team. If that tells you how good this team is, and uh, the academy also did lose this last weekend two nil to uh, Longueuil, but uh, same kind of thing. They're they're still they're very young. Uh, if you look at the size of most of the players, it's like you got these guys like literally like they weigh more than I do. They're like they're like six foot two ten, like huge guys. Playing against like these five foot five, one forty kids, so there's a lot of that going on. But they're they're a good team. They're technically like there. Uh, one thing John pointed out that was really frustrating was 
uh, this last weekend, the game against Longill was at the same time as the first team game, which was really frustrating because we'd like to see the academy. They could have played the they could have had the game before or after the Fury game. Um, after I understand that Longill they they want to be home at a decent hour because mm. they they don't they don't stay in hotels. They just drive the two hours back to Montreal after the game. So maybe they could have had the game before, like at noon or eleven. Or on Saturday. Or, or on Saturday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's I think that's a missed opportunity for, for the Fury is uh maybe like aligning more of the Academy games with with the first team games. Yeah. Unfortunately that that's not this won't be the first time it'll happen a few times this year where both teams will be playing simultaneously. But uh there was a goal uh already. So <laughs> So they did lose two one. Sorry, I said I think they said they lost two 0 but they lost two one. And uh, late, late after ninetieth minute, uh, Landu scored a goal. So maybe Darren, maybe Landu's the guy you want to watch. Maybe he's the guy that's gonna score all our goals for us. Yeah, and uh, another listener wanted to know actually, Phil, um, if Howers is the best option at striker. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you think we should go with Chin for against the four other strikers or not? No, I think we have a striker. I think we just have like yeah three wingers or two wingers and a CAM. So we just need to get used to this idea that we no longer have this target man up front and every, the goals can come up. There's definitely not a target man. There's no one who can hold the ball up and play with it back to the, to the yeah. goal. Maybe we can sign Santos when he's here this week. Haworth certainly seems to be the most aggressive. Well, I guess him and Barrett, but Haworth is like working really hard and he's very um, proactive in trying to grab the ball off players and, and stuff in that end. So, um, yeah, he's doing well. But, but is Harwood, is he big enough? Well, yeah, and that he also needs to score. Have you have you seen Harworth, like, win a ball against a big defender in the air? Well, Verrett is a very similar stature and he seems to be winning things up there because he's he's very aggressive. So maybe Howarth just needs to um, compensate a little bit. Well, like... Howarth's aggressive once he loses the ball, I've noticed. Mm. Very aggressive. I haven't seen a player on this team that tries to win it back harder than he does. Yeah. So you got to give him mad respect there. But I think in those 1v1 situations, in the air, that he, he doesn't win it enough. Well, he'll be facing Nana Atakora. Uh, if he is playing, uh, definitely outrun him. <laughs> <laughs> he's slow, but he's a giant. He's got a massive beard right now. <laughs> yeah, it's not all that's massive. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Nana. He used to be such a fit player, but yeah. Yeah, but he's an intimidating player, nonetheless. I wouldn't want to run towards him. Yeah. Break your legs. Yeah, and, and fan favorite Julius James. Oh man, like can we talk about Fort Lauderdale a little bit? Like how they're looking and uh they're they're another small team like Jacksonville, except for up front they got the size, right? So they got like the small I think everyone remembers uh PC. He's weird looking. He's weird looking. He's the guy that's usually lying down. He's Him annoying. He's, he's like he's good, annoying. He's good. He's very good. He's very good, yeah. But he's he's uh he lies down more than Ramirez. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So, uh, what's uh, really a really big deal is uh, Minnesota signed their best striker, right? Yeah, Pino. Pino. And then uh, what's the other guy? Uh, Pico? 
Is Pino then Pico? Pico went to oh, St. Pauli. Uh, Paco Pico. Yeah. Pico. Yeah, and he was and he was the year before, and he went to St. Pauli. Now he's on the U.S. men's national team. He got his first call up last week. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, good for him. All you need to do is go play in the Bundes... What's the second division called in Germany, John? Zweite Bundesliga. Second Bundesliga. Okay. That's Just leave the do. NASL. It's better for your career. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're Marcel Dion. Yeah, you better then, stay. Then you better stay. stay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but what scares me about uh, Fort Lauderdale is, is their offense. Like, PC is good, and he's good at getting those calls, but... They're, they're offense. They, they have a beast in Santos. I know he's older now. He's 31 or 33 or something, but he's a beast up there. And he he's, used to scare the hell out of me. I used to watch DC United just for him. And he, he can score from anywhere. Yeah, rare Friday game. Friday it's going to be... It's, I'm not going to say it's a must-win. It's not a must-win, but I think it's... It's winnable. It's winnable, oh, and they should hopefully win to kind of move up the standings going into the fall season. And the good thing is, if we do win, no one for Lauderdale is going to care because no one cares anymore <laughs> about this team. Oh, That's what it that seems like so when looking sad. at the numbers. Yeah, no, their attendance has been like 1,000, 1,200. It's, the owners really ticked off everyone, and then they put a club down the street, put a new team down the street. Yeah. So when you say take off, you mean the Kronsteiner incident, right? Yeah. The way they treated the coach and um, they don't show a lot of respect for their supporters. And then there's an alternative in town, right? Yeah. Well, and maybe soon two alternatives in town. Yeah. So with uh, Miami FC. And they will be moving. Yeah, they're changing stadiums, right? Yeah, they're going to the cricket ground. Yeah. <laughs> they will be moving sometime in the fall. Is that better than a baseball ground? <laughs> it's more rounder. The same sport. Cricket <laughs> ground looks like, but. Yeah, so I don't know what the future holds for Fort Lauderdale. They're a storied club, long history. I think they're like 40 years old. So John would know more than If we know anything, they'll probably his history. Just, <laughs> just, five, just find fourth place right in the last week and get into the playoffs as they have done the last two years. Yeah. Well, you know what's crazy about us and the standings is that we're not that far out of six. We're like two points, one point. One point, yeah. We have eight, and sixth place has nine. So, and we're and we were arguing about this before the podcast. We're mathematically still able to win the spring season. Unlikely to win the spring season, but mathematically, Kendra, it is why possible. don't you believe? <laughs> but, but we only have three games left, so we can get like nine more points. So, if everyone else draws or loses, realistically draws, uh, <laughs> we could still win the spring. That's amazing, because the teams that are at first and second, which is the Cosmos and Edmonton, which is bizarre, uh, Edmonton's up there, um, they're, they only got a possible uh, six points. So FC Edmonton was quite excited, actually, on Saturday, because it was the first time in franchise history that after, I think actually the first time ever that they were in first place, even after first They were in first place for, what, 25 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> well, something like that, but the, there was quite a lot of excitement uh, after they won their game, and... Um, Cosmos and uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies was had yet to play, um, so they were probably hoping for a draw there. Uh, Tommy Heinem scored in that one. Yeah, and, second uh, goal of the season. Yes, second goal of the season. Yeah, he's got two. And um, Arango assisted two goals for Cosmos, so he's he's making an impact. They won two one. So what's what what's, what was Tommy's contract? 
Um, they say it was $150,000 a year. So $75,000 a goal right now? <laughs> That's what they're paying? Well, it's a better bargain than Miami's. <laughs> yeah, or all the money Miami's throwing around right now. Um, something I found amazing is Indy 11, un, like, have not lost a game, undefeated. But somehow, Indy being Indy, are still in fourth place, <laughs> even though they've gone undefeated. Yeah, they, they've had a bye. They have three more to go. So if they win their game in hand, they'd be first. So What a turnaround for that club. Then No one would have guessed that, I don't think, at the start of the no. season. No, I mean, I think, even when we played them, I think they barely squeaked out a tie against us at all. Yeah, it was late. And I was watching a team like this team shouldn't. This team, this, team was, this team was worse than us. Yeah, like the quality is, it's, I don't know if just the teams with the talent, like obviously Minnesota is not performing up to their potential at all. And Miami's a disaster. Uh, Oklahoma is a lot better team on paper than they are in the standings. Same thing with Tampa too, right? So, And Carolina, that's, we thought they would be. Let's like, talk about more. that for a moment. Like, you know, our commissioner and everyone that, that, you know, wants the game to grow and wants the NASL to be great keeps on saying how the level of play is improving so much and it's so much getting so much better. Like, we thought this too kind of in the off season, but now that we've watched a few games, like maybe it's just because we're focused predominantly on the Fury who are definitely worse than last year. Like, but I don't feel like the level overall has gone up that much from the NASL games I've watched. I mean, the level of production on Bean TV has gone up, but other than that... The names are gone. I've been better. Uh, I think where the NASL is lacking right now is in, in the managers and the coaching. Like, that's the, the big difference. And maybe, uh, like, the training and the athletic, you know, like, that seems to be lacking compared to last year. Like, you see more players that are not game fit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, it's the eighth game. It's eight week eight, you know, or week nine now. And there's players that aren't match fit. That's that's disturbing. And we talked about Fort Lauderdale strikers. Um, Kronsteiner no longer being a league is, is sad because he, he knew the league well and he did a really good job and did remarkable things, converting players and things like that. Yeah, and rookie managers too, right? You know, like for Jacksonville and and like Tony Manolo. Yeah, like you see Tony in Jacksonville and it's like, why why is he the manager? Yes. But it's easy to make fun of him, and we enjoyed that. No, right, but, Tony. <laughs> no, but it's it's a serious like, it's it kind of hurts the reputation of the league. Like, yeah, it's great to have this you know Team USA legend, like in your league, but maybe he shouldn't be the, the guy pulling the strings. You know, no, I mean, do it like a Mark Nash does it. You know, like become an assistant manager first, learn as much as you can, and when you're ready to be a head coach, yeah, uh, you're ready. But like this guy just comes in and like, he lives by his reputation alone, and like it shows. Yeah, it shows. It, yeah, and and I feel bad for the fans in Jacksonville because they're great fans. They're probably I I consider them the best fans in the league. Sorry, Indy, but they 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 come out in droves and they've really supported their team. They've really, uh, you know, and to terrible results like the last two years. So, uh, and they deserve better. Than that, so I don't know what. It's up to the owner of Jacksonville, though. It's not up to us. So, so uh, any final thoughts, Kendra or Blocksmith? Well, yeah, actually, um, I'm just kind of like looking at the table and watching all these games and stuff. And 
um, just to go back to the original question, like, has the, the level of play improved? And I think that it has, but I think that um, the refs kind of, uh, the refing comes into play far too many times in a league that is trying to be, um, you know, up a higher level, like... Is it just in Canada? Because in Canada they use the CSA referees. No, I see it everywhere. And in the everywhere. US they use pro referees. I see it everywhere. Like, I see, you know, plays being called incorrectly that could have, you know, resulted in greatness or, you know, like, like something great is about to happen and then all of a sudden a referee makes a poor call and... But that happens in football, like, all over. No, but I see it all the time and, and you just, I don't know, I get frustrated with it. And so you find this unique to, to NASL or MLS, North American football, or is it... Well, we're talking about NASL right now. Right, but they share the same refs as, as, uh, the MLS. Well, I don't really watch the MLS very much, so I can't really comment. Okay, so uh, maybe our listeners can chime in, uh, like... Tweet us at OIT Fury. I have a feeling know. I know what the reactions are. Well, yeah. Like. <laughs> no, Do you I just, like the refs? No! I just feel like if, if the refing were better, then the level of play would be. I, I don't know. I feel like the refing is holding back the level of play. That's my opinion. It's holding back, like, the product. Yes. Like, the overall product. Yes. Yeah. That's what I feel. I don't know. I'd like to hear from the listeners if they have the same feeling. I've actually thought that the referee in this year is actually a little better than the previous year. There's definitely some games where I'm like, this ref is fucking terrible. Yeah. But I think overall, I think the referee is Well, then there's nightmare. Just for the Fury games, because I just watched Fury games. But Nightmare situations, like what happened to Edmonton last year. Was that last year against Montreal? Or was that the year before? Uh, the year before. Yeah, like, there's, and there's situations where, like, what? What was that call? Like, it was shocking, but I don't know. I don't know if it's holding back the league, but we'll find out. Um, another thing um, that we talk about over and over again that maybe a few more comments about it. Um, the, uh, I don't know, Kendra, I think you can speak to this more than any of us can. The lack of coverage, the lack of journalism at the games. Like, oh, like locally. Locally, the lack of action shots, uh, the, the lack of everything that's that you think uh, would be part of the, like you don't even see them running around anymore. Like like pictures in the newspaper of the actual game, yeah, not, not of the guys standing in the hallway or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The coverage has certainly uh, changed this year. I mean, one of the Ottawa newspapers had you know cut their Fury coverage almost altogether, and like. There's all these new journalists and um, people who don't seem familiar, as familiar with uh, soccer as previously, or familiar with the team, and it just kind of, yeah, it doesn't do the Fury any favors. I, I found that, especially like the loss of Hoffley has been big, like having Hoffley not do the stuff in the sun, like. And now that he works for the club, and then uh, Sinisa used to work for which, which outfit before? I thought it was La Presse. No, La Dois. Okay, well, La Dois still has, they have like three different guys covering the Fury, and, and they're actually pretty detailed in their re- game reports and stuff. But yeah, the, the Sun not covering soccer properly, it, it, it definitely shows. Yeah, and, and the Citizen has never really, like, they they do like game recaps and stuff, but there's never anything with any meat on the bones, like... They have a, a few stories every once in a while, like two or three a year, that are interesting. But they aren't to do with the matches. They're more to do with the human 
side of players and stuff yeah. like that. And honestly, like I, I, I just read the bloggers, like people like Stu on Red Nation Online. Uh, Teo hasn't been writing as much lately. I wish he was because his stuff's well, always great. Stuart's now in uh, Midfield Press. Yeah, and he actually just did a, uh, a thing for the Fort Lauderdale. I read it for <laughs> before the podcast. Yeah, read Stu so I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Teo Gotti is producing a lot of good content. A lot. Yeah. yeah so, so I don't know. Like, uh, it'd be nice if the press did more and it wasn't all just, you know volunteers people in, <laughs> people in their living rooms with a microphone and 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 you know vloggers that just take it upon themselves because they love the game you know and i mean there's not that many professional podcast studios in the city where you can record you know like we're one of the lucky few <laughs> <laughs> yeah we moved out of our original studio it just it just we grew out of it we got too many. anyway i think we're getting we're getting obviously to the end of the show because uh, that's it. We yeah. talked about a lot of that's stuff. Pretty much it. Jacksonville is next. Come on out Friday night. Jacksonville again. Oh shoot, we definitely are at the end. Yeah, <laughs> for a lot of those strikers, we just played Jacksonville. But we are still on Twitter at oit fury. Uh, we still have an email address, Ryan. Right? Ours is the fury podcast at gmail dot com. Like Ours it. is the fury podcast at gmail dot com. <laughs> I can't do it in here in the new podcast studio. <laughs> I, I don't have the echo. Anyway, I think it's time for Tim to say. Toodles. Does your business need just a little more support? Stony Monday Ride is now offering advertising services. For only $45 a match, we will sing your corporate name. Mr. Loop, Mr. Loop, Mr. Loop, Mr. Loop, Mr. Loop, Mr. Loop. Mr. Luke. Just contact us at stonymondayride at gmail.com to get your ad approved. Giant Tiger Community Zone. Giant Tiger Community Zone.